Lord, that's our prayer this morning, that you would meet us, that you would uh, teach us more how to trust you, how to lean on you, to reach out our hand to you, knowing that you will you will meet us, you will lead us there, and as we take, as we uh, learn the discipline of prayer and taking our worries to you, Lord, you will fill us with your peace and your comfort. Thank you what you're going to teach us now this morning. Right, kids, you can uh, head off to your different locations, and uh, enjoy the lessons that have been prepared for you there. Desmond Doss, he hated guns. Uh, this stemmed from his religious beliefs as a Seventh-day Adventist, but also from watching his drunken father pull a gun on his uncle during an argument. When his mother managed to wrestle the forty-five pistol from her husband, she told Desmond to run and hide it. He was so shaken and he vowed that he that that was the last time he would ever touch a weapon at age 18 Doss dutifully registered for the draft and worked at a shipyard in Newport News Virginia when World War II broke out Doss jumped at the opportunity to aid the cause but the fact that he refused to carry a weapon let alone kill anyone earned him the widely unflattering label of conscientious objector. It was a label that Doss hated, and instead, flat out refusing to perform military service, he insisted that he work as a medic. The army assigned him to a rifle company, instead in hopes that he, he would just leave. The rest of his platoon uh, teased him mercilessly, to, to man up and carry a rifle. They launched their boots at him while he prayed by his bunk at night. They hated him for getting a pass on the Sabbath because he had to work on, he had to work on the holy day, uh, sorry, because to work on the holy day was against his religion. Uh, never mind that the officers gave Doss all the worst work to complete by himself on Sundays. Nobody wanted to be his friend. Friends had each other's backs. But without a defense weapon, the others insisted that Doss was useless to them. Yet, over and over, Doss not only dismissed their cruel behavior, but he rose above it. He resolutely believed that his purpose was to serve both God and country. All he wanted was to prove those two tasks weren't mutually exclusive. Then came the battle at the Okinawa Mady Escarpment. What the Americans called Hacksaw Ridge. It fell on May 5th. 
1945, the Japanese army had planned to wait at the top of the ridge until the entire company arrived at the top and then opened fire and created a devastating amount of wounded soldiers. The American soldiers, American officers, ordered that their soldiers retreat back down the ridge. Over the next 12 hours, Desmond crawled over the entire battlefield, searching for wounded men, treating them, and then lowering down the cliff on a rope to safety below. Knowing that often Japanese soldiers sometimes tortured wounded U.S. soldiers, Das refused to leave a single man on the top of that ridge. His prayer, repeated over and over again, was, Just one more, Lord. Help me save one more. By morning, he had lowered 75 American soldiers down Hacksaw Ridge. On October 12, 1945, President Harry Truman pinned the Congressional Medal of Honor on Corporal Desmond Doss, the only conscientious objector to receive that honor in World War II. As followers of Christ, we are called to that kind of love for others. That we would sacrifice ourselves in order to reach out and meet the needs of other people. It's a, it's a love that goes far beyond just words, just platitudes. 
Instead, it is a self-sacrificing love. And that's what we read of here in 1 John chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 3 and starting at verse 11. We've been talking about how this letter of John's comes back to these themes time and time again of light, of love, and of life. And this is one of those examples where, where John returns to this theme of love in a very clear way. Let's read it together, starting at verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil, but his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. For if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Oh, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. John is repeating much of what he had already said earlier in chapter 2. Uh, chapter 2, verses 7 to 11, you remember when we went through that? And he said, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And at the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he has light and he hates his brother is still in darkness, but whoever loves his brother abides in the light. So this is one of the, uh, those rhetorical um, uh, constructions that John uses where he comes back to these themes over and over again, uh, repeating them, but then going deeper and, and expanding them a little bit more. He said in chapter 2 that this is not a new command. It's an old command. Then he repeats that here in chapter 3 that, uh, that this is a command that you have had from the beginning. It's something that has been written on the hearts of humanity. 
being made in the image of God means that we have love as our core nature. And yet in our sinfulness, that has been broken, that's been distorted and twisted. So that that rather than showing that kind of self-sacrificing love, more often we react out of fear and hatred and anger towards others. And, and we reflect that, that murderer's heart that Cain had that, that was again right from the very beginning, that, that right from the very start, humanity showed the darkness of their fallen nature that, that was opposed and, and, and drawn into hatred rather than to love. And so John is coming back to saying that this is not something that is new. You've had this a commandment from the beginning, but it is new in that it is uh, Christ took it to a whole new level what it means to love one another. And that's the kind of love uh, that, that we are called to, a love uh, that sacrifices himself just as Christ sacrificed himself for us. He then goes on and, and gives some examples of, of what does it mean to love in deed and not just in action. And he picks on that example of, of seeing a brother that's in need and recognizing how hard it often is for us when we see somebody in need to give out of what we have because we recognize that by giving what we have, that means we no longer have that anymore. And we are so uh, consumed by our, our, our selfishness and our self-centeredness that we'd rather hang on to those things. And, and he says when we are following Christ, we become quick to give that which meets the need in the life of somebody else. In, in, a, in a physical way, in, in dealing with material goods. But that kind of love is not just confined to, uh, to a, a love of, of giving graciously or giving generously out of material goods. There is also a, a giving of ourselves, giving of our time. I think for me that, that sometimes is, is almost more challenging is to put aside my agenda, my schedule, and, and uh, the things that, that, that I would like to do, the things that I find uh, relaxing and helpful, and rather invest that time in somebody else. Uh, to, uh, to go and, and, and spend time with them, give them a call, um, hang out together, um, uh, join in, in ministry together, serving other people together, and allowing God in those times to, to draw us into, into deeper, uh, deeper unity together. I think that, that that also is part of Christ's example of sacrificing for us, is that He sacrificed heaven and, and, and sacrificed that, that life of, of doing the things, uh, of being in that place where, where there was such beauty and instead sacrificing and humiliating himself and coming to live here amongst us with all of the, 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 the darkness, all of the, the 
pain and suffering that, that is associated with human life. Christ entered into that so that he could join us and know that with us and experience that with us. I think it, it's, it's also uh, um, uh, giving, of our, giving of our resources, giving of our material goods, giving of our time. Um, but it's also uh, being able to, to love other people uh, even when, when there is uh, a damage to our reputation. Going and loving those people that are unlovely, that are difficult to love, that 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 seem to to push you away, that that have ideas that are different than you, that that live life on a different set of uh, uh, of agenda and different terms and different different values, and for you to be able to uh, to put aside all of that to spend time with them, to invest in their lives. That also is a, a self-sacrificing love that, that, that characterizes the church, that characterizes how we live our lives as followers of Jesus. How do, how do, we, how do we live that out? As followers of Jesus, how do we uh, love each other and 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 primarily, that's what John is talking about. That doesn't mean that we aren't loving towards those that are outside of the, uh, of the uh, family of faith. But our first love, uh, the love that, that defines us as, as followers of Christ, is our love for one another. The care that we have for one another here in this place and and for the brothers and sisters around the world. How do we express that kind of a love for one another? I think one of the things one of the things that has really taken uh, a shift in the life of the church um, in the last years is is our commitment to being together, of spending time together. Um, in a world, in a society that has become very self-centered, a lot of times our attitudes towards gathering together like this on a Sunday morning become very self-focused. Our decisions of, of participating and being a part of this are more determined by how's this going to help me? I, I want to go to church because, because I can be fed, I can be encouraged, I can be lifted up, and then I can go and face the rest of my week. But if I feel that, that my being fed or my being built up, can be accomplished better by staying at home, sleeping in a little bit longer, um, engaging in other activities that take me away from this place, that is equally as valuable for a lot of people. And yet the awareness that, 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 
that there needs to be is this, when, when one of us is missing from this place, there is an absence in our heart. That, that, it, that you rob the rest of us from the blessing that you can bring here in this place. And instead of coming to, to church as a, as a focus of how I can get nurtured, our focus needs to be how can I be a blessing to other people here in this place? How does my presence and my participation in the singing and my participation in the fellowship afterwards help express my love for those people that are in this place? And it's not just on Sunday morning. There are other ways that we can spend time that help express that kind of love, that build that sense of community that's here, that, that then becomes something that is, is attractive to other people. They see the love, the connection that we have here as a body of believers, whether it's here or, or throughout the week. And it's something that they're drawn to. I, I'm again um, uh, reminded, I think I played this video a little while ago where Francis Chan was uh, talking about a, a, a gang member that had come to, come to Christ in his church and, um, and had this, this amazing uh, conversion experience. And he was so excited about being a follower of Jesus and, and very quickly um, was baptized and then over the next weeks and months, uh, they kind of saw less and less and less of him. And uh, somebody went and Francis went and, and talked with him and, and, and wanted to see how he was doing. And he said, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I've been disillusioned. I thought being a follower of Jesus was going to be different. He said, when I'm in my gang, there is this family and we do everything together. There is this connection, and, and I know that my, my gang members, my brothers, have my back. And I just thought that that's what the church was going to be like. I thought that that's what being a part of this family was going to be like. Um, but I, I didn't realize that it only meant when we come together on Sunday mornings that that's the only time that we ever actually connect together. And my heart breaks because that is not what it means to be a family of God. There is a, uh, you know, I, you almost hate to put the word on it, the, the responsibility that we have for one another. And, and, and it's, it's not that it's done out of obligation. It's not that we, well, I gotta go to church because if I don't, everybody else is gonna miss me and uh, I just hate it. It's out of love that we want to serve each other. That we want to Give of ourselves. And if, if that's missing in our heart, that doesn't then mean, well, I gotta beat myself into submission and, and discipline. What it means is there's something wrong with that relationship with God because as we fall into relationship with Christ, He transforms our hearts so that we want to spend time together. We want to pray together. We want to go through the process of of encouraging one another, praying for one another. One of the things that, that we often have talked about is 
is loving each other in the midst of conflict, of disagreements, of how we can do that, that that our love for one another doesn't mean that we take those hurts, that we take those uh, problems and issues and, and just kind of stuff them down and try and ignore them without actually dealing with it. But love reaches out in, in, in expression and a need of wanting to make things right and communicates the hurt that has happened, uh, that, that, that addresses the, the differences that are there and allows Christ to, to lead us through a process of, of, of mutual understanding and reconciliation so that those, those hurts are no longer impacting us. They no longer have the opportunity of building that, that cancer of bitterness and anger towards one another. And so in love, we address those issues with each other. We take time to, to express our, to express our hurt. And trust that Christ will then bring um, newness of life, a new, deeper love through that kind of interaction. I, I know that you share with me this desire of creating a family, that this Living Hope Community Church would be a place where people feel family. The true sense of what it means to be a part of the family of God. I think we have a ways to go yet. I think there are things that, that certainly have happened that, that, have, uh, that have built that kind of community sense here in this place. But I just have this sense that God wants so much more for us. And in order for us to be able to do that, we each need to make this commitment of love to one another. That we are willing to sacrifice ourselves for each other. To to reach out and, and meet the needs of those that are in our midst. So that through that, Christ is revealed in us. This is the message that you've heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. So let us love, not in word, not in talk, but indeed, and in truth. Let's pray. I want to give you just an opportunity of allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And ask that he would 
reveal to you what are the places that you have been holding back love, that you have been allowing allowing other things to, to crowd in and take your focus off of loving others. Allow Him to, to lead you on a new path from here. The way that you have shown love to us is unthinkable. The sacrifice of your son was love to the extreme. Would you help each and every one of us to live out that kind of love for our brothers and sisters? here and around the world that we would we would have this this deep sense of joy in being connected together this deep sense of uh, of of a need to to minister to those around us. That we can serve them not just in words, but in our actions. Lord, I know that that kind of love can only come from you. So we pray that each one of us would have a, an undivided focus on your Holy Spirit and allow you to have free reign in us to lead us into those places and produce that fruit in our lives. As you grow us in that way, would we then be uh, an enduring light in this community that others would see And they would be drawn to you, that they would then take that step of trust in you. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.